On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I do a really cool podcast with Bud Elliott where we go through every single bowl game. And I mean every single bowl game. We do one minute on each. So those of you guys looking for some angle or something to bet on in the bowl games and want to join us in our bowl contest at superfan.games should listen to the whole podcast. And with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to a very special episode of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus and I are actually dressed up. We're presentable, and we're. I'm in New York, and he's in New York. We're fresh off a wonderful dinner last night at Carbone, um, where we ate dinner with my our friend Ted Knutson. And um, are you still? Have you eaten anything since that dinner? I had sweet green for lunch, so I had a salad. But I was I was like still full when I got home at midnight and went to bed. And you're like so a good. late eater usually, so I feel like you eat like a second dinner all the time. You have like metabolism of a hummingbird. I do eat late, but I mean, our dinner was what, 8.30 reservation. So that's that's early dinner for me, but that's on the later side for most humans. I think this is, makes us even less relatable talking about our dinner at Carbone. So um, did you have a, we, we have a very, very good podcast where we go through all the bowl games and um, we wanted to tell you guys about another pretty cool contest we'll be doing. We're doing a bowl pick em game um with our friends at superfan games again so if you want to compete against rufus and i it's at superfan.games um and you can uh see the contest we don't have a trip to vegas but but maybe we'll throw something in at the end but it's it's mostly pair uh some pretty cool sports paraphernalia and also a chance for rufus and i to maybe talk about you on the air if you win um but yeah just go there and you can uh let, let me get all the details of this um the contest is on superfan.games. Prizes include a Trevor Lawrence signed jersey, a Justin Fields signed jersey, and a Wait, Caleb really? Williams signed football. Yeah, it's pretty the, cool. The, those right? are legit prizes. I mean, that's yeah, better than seeing yeah. us in Vegas by um, far. I don't know. Yeah. Our Vegas, our Vegas game is pretty sweet. It's just a pick 'em game against the spread. You pick yeah, who will cover it, every game. You get one money ball pick, which gives you an extra point if that team covers. Uh, the line's locked tomorrow. Uh, but you can actually make your picks up until kickoff. But I would suggest that you put your picks all in first because then you won't forget to put one in. You can probably go back and maybe you can go back and change them. I hope you can go back and change them. Anyways, um, so go to superfan.games um, and uh, Bud is going to come on. But Elliot's going to come on and take us through every single bowl game we try to do about a minute on each bowl game which is pretty cool um so why don't we just bring in bud and then we'll catch you guys on the flip side of this to talk through our picks and any other things we want to talk about rufus and i now welcome in uh one of who's become one of our favorite college football guests bud elliott to do a minute on every bowl game so welcome in bud and let's get started with the bahamas bowl which is UAB giving 11 to Miami of Ohio, and the total is 45. Rufus, what do you make this, this number? Uh, I make the number 
Oh, so you actually like Miami of Ohio. Um, how about you, bud? Where, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I, I was leaning a little bit more toward, towards UAB here. Um, Miami, Ohio, even though Brett Gabbard announced he's coming back, like he, he got out of the transfer portal, he's still not going to play for them. That was their starter. Their offense with Avion Smith has not been very good. And I, I keep waiting for guys to opt out for UAB, but at this point, like I'm not seeing their, their two really good backs opt out. Like it seems like everybody they have is, is going to play, including their quarterback Hopkins, who missed about – I think five or six games in, in the middle of the season. And when he was in there, uh, he was a guy that I know a lot of folks thought was pretty good. I know some power five teams like Hopkins. So like to me, who's playing quarterback for in this one kind of matters. That's, that's why this line moved down and then moved back up to 11. Cause it was, it was nine and a half. I think about a week ago. Right. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. Like you'll see some of these announcements come in and it's like, wait, this guy is, entering the portal or, or jumping out of the portal coastal being a good example. I know we'll get there in a minute, uh, but it's like, wait, just because they're in the portal doesn't mean they're not going to play in the game. Like <laughs> we, we actually need to wait for confirmation that they're not going to play as well. Okay. Let's move on to the cure bowl, which is in Orlando, Florida, where Troy is now a anywhere from a one to two and a half point favorite over UTSA. And the total is 55 and a half. Rufus, what do you make this? So, so strictly my numbers would make it UTSA minus seven. So there's definitely something I'm missing, and I'm sure Bud's going to tell me what. I, I made it pick um, just because UTSA keeps losing starters. Like, they really kind of limped to the finish line, and I thought they were fortunate to play North Texas in the championship game. Like, North Texas, to me, at the end of the year in CUSA was probably the fourth or fifth best team. It just kind of caught some teams uh, at the right time in the cycle. Like, they got to play UAB you know, with, without UAB starting quarterback, they, they got Western and Western was kind of dinged up. Um, I, it's just hard to bet against Frank Harris. You know, like, like he's a really good G5 quarterback and Troy offensively has only been good maybe twice this year. Other than that, it's just a, a really good defense for Troy. So in other words, you would lean to UTSA, you think, because Frank Harris is going to be there? Yeah, I, I think I would I would take the two if I had to. I just I, I'm not betting two against a pick, you know, in, in a bowl game. I, there's not a lot of these that I want to hit pre-flop, to be honest, unless I just really have uh, like good anticipation about things that are going to happen. You know, I'd, I'd rather watch a couple of minutes, fire some live, fire some second halves type stuff. For for what it's worth, yeah, I was on. on UTSA in the conference championship game as well. So I'm I'm despite the injuries and all that stuff, I'm I'm high on them. Yeah, I I bet North Texas at 31 to win the CUSA just because how the schedule broke down. And I hedged out heavily. Like I, I was like, yeah, this is I'm, I'm gonna lay the, the minus three hundred here uh, on on North Tech or excuse me on TSA. This is just they got there, but they don't really belong there. All right, moving on to December 17th, the Saturday slate of games, which will be exciting for us to be able to be degenerates all day Saturday. Uh Cincinnati or Louisville giving two and a half uh to Cincinnati in the Fenway Bowl at Fenway Park, and the total is 41 and a half. Rufus, what do you make the line? I make Louisville giving 3.4 points. So right, yeah. right in market. So not, right not much value. Market. That's that's pretty close to where I am. Um, opt-outs in this one are going to be key. It uh, looks like Louisville, or, uh, Cincinnati is going to be without both of their top two receivers. If you, if you guys watch Cincinnati this year, like they have some NFL dudes at receiver who are now not going to play in this game, and they had pretty poor quarterback play throughout the season. Ben Bryant, the starter's down, so they're going to play the Prater kid. He was not very good for them when they did have to play him this year. And uh, Cincinnati's top tight end is also out. Now, quarterback Malik Cunningham is out for Louisville, but the backup there 
was not that bad this year, to be honest. And it looks like most of your important guys on Louisville's defense, which has been decent down the stretch, are going to play. So I I kind of like Louisville here to, to keep Cincinnati's offense in check. Is there any fickle leaving? Do you think that's in a factor at all? I, I think the Louisville guys will probably be motivated to I don't know how much you want to bake this into the line, like maybe a quarter point or something if you wanted to, but I don't, like, I don't know how you quantify it, but Louisville's coach just took the Cincinnati job. Now, I think it was because he was probably going to be fired because they wanted to get Jeff Brown from Purdue, but uh, maybe there's some motivation there. Okay. We're going to move on to the New Mexico Bowl, which is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, it's SMU favored by four and a half over BYU with a total of 65, Rufus. Uh, Rufus, you're muted again. Yeah, I'm muted. So we have, uh, I, I guess the big thing is, is Hall going to play, right? And so I'm guessing he's not based in the line, but, you know, with our overall number for BYU um, is minus 3.2 here um, with the total of 68. I, so you have uh... BYU favored. Yeah, but I think that's going to be, I think right now the market is largely expecting that that Hall's not going to play because he hasn't been practicing. And what would you injured. make it if, if he's out? I don't know. Yeah. That's the, See, I, I don't have a great way of quantifying the individual players. I could say based on his experience and the experience in the star recruit of the backup quarterback, what that number would be. I don't have that off the top of my head, though. There's a couple situations that this bowl season, particularly where the backup has uh, transferred out already. So if the starter does not play, you're, you're on like a third stringer or even in some cases a walk-on. So uh, like there's potentially some value there. And BYU is one of these cases that the backup is already in the portal and, and is, is, is gone. So if Hall doesn't play, they're going to play a third or fourth string kid. Um, I don't know if Puka Nakua, who's like an NFL type receiver for them, is going to play. Pretty sure Gunnar Romney is not going to play. I, I think that like, I wouldn't be laying six here or five and a half, but earlier in the week when, when you could lay two, two and a half, I thought that was good value. Okay. We're going to move on to the LA bowl and SoFi stadium. Um, we have Washington, we have Fresno favored by three over Washington state with a total of 54 and a half. So Massey Peabody, we have it Fresno minus two with the total of 52. I, I'm a little bit lower on the total here. Um, I, I'm, I'm more in that 49 range. Uh, which is kind of scary, but Washington State defense has been good for most of the year, like sneakily better. The offense got all the offseason hype, but throughout the entire year, Wazoo had a quality defense. Really only Oregon smoked them. They kept USC in check. Uh, Hayner being back for Fresno is a pretty important adjustment you got to make. I mean, without Hayner, that offense is just not the same thing, and uh, he's going to play. It seems like Fresno doesn't have any opt-outs, which is important here. They seem motivated. Looks like Washington State offensive coordinator today just took the, the uh, North Texas job. So without him, Bernard Bell, their star receiver is not playing. I think Washington State has a couple other opt-outs to look into there. So uh, did this hit three yet? I think it did, right? It's three minus 119 at Chris, which signals to me that it's going to go higher. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably the right direction. Okay. We're going to go with the Lending Tree Bowl. Um it's uh, Southern Miss favored by six and a half over Rice with a total of 46. This is one so, that I really want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rubens. Oh, it's okay. I was going to say. So we make Southern Miss a four point favorite. And actually, like the under, we make that uh, the number only 39 and a half on the total. Ooh, okay. Very low. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. This is all going to be about quarterback. So 
Uh, Rice was down to a fourth string quarterback against North Texas uh, two weeks ago, and that was their last ball game of the year. I don't know who's playing quarterback for them in this one, so that will be important to watch. Uh, McCaffrey is their star receiver of the you know, Christian McCaffrey, Evan McCaffrey family. He hasn't played the last couple of ball games because of a pain tolerance thing, apparently. And Rice was also without their top four corners uh, for the last two weeks. So I don't really well, – if I was going to bet a side, I would probably bet Southern Miss because I think this is actually a game that Southern Miss really cares about. This will be a like a moderate home field advantage. If you think about like the drive from Hattiesburg to, to Mobile, they'll probably pack this. They've not made a bowl game in quite some time. Like this is something I think they'll, 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 they'll care to be there. Uh, quite a bit, and that I don't know how you quantify that, but I, I think it matters some, especially with some of these kind of wild bowl performances we've seen recently. Okay, we're gonna move to the Las Vegas Bowl at Allegiant Stadium, and it's Oregon State minus ten over Florida with a total of fifty three and a half. So this is an interesting one in the fact that my numbers on Oregon State without a prior are much closer to the market. Without a prior, I'd make it seven, but. The Massey Peabody number with the prior is Oregon State minus two. And I know Florida, uh, we have a lot of notes there. So there's. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Anthony Richardson, their, their quarterback, who's expected to be potentially a first round pick, uh, maybe a high first rounder. We'll see. He's not going to play. The backup, uh, Kitna, got arrested for. Um, uh, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. He got arrested for sharing some images you weren't supposed to share. I'm not really sure exactly what the charge was. So now they're down to a third-string quarterback who's been hurt most of the year. I don't think Osiris Torrance, they're like the best guard in the country, is going to play for them if you care about that. Now, Gervon Dexter, their really only good defensive tackle on the team, is playing. But their best linebacker and one of the best linebackers in the country, Miller, is also out. Justin Shorter, their receiver, is out. I kind of feel like Oregon State – is going to care about this game quite a bit. It's a chance to be an SEC team. Florida feels like they're in a transition type thing here. Um, I I understand the market move on this. We move to the Frisco Bowl, which is in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Boise State minus 10 over North Texas with a total of 58. So we make it Boise State minus 14 with a total of 56. Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit higher uh, on, on, on the total. Uh, I just, I don't trust North Texas defense. But to be honest, UTSA could kind of get whatever they wanted against them. Even Rice's fourth you know, fourth stringer recently threw on those guys pretty effectively. So that kind of scares me that they're just, they're done. They're an interim coach situation as well. Boise, I think, assuming that they're going to be up for the game because they lost the Mountain West title game, right? And that's potentially deflating. Like, do they care about this? Would they, would they be care about being in the better bowl? like the one Fresno got to go to, I guess, if you want to consider that better. But if they're motivated, I, I do think Boise is, is a class above North Texas here. Okay, move to the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which is in Conway, South Carolina, and Marshall minus 10 over UConn with the total of 41. It, it surprises me that UConn's in a bowl. <laughs> is that, is that a, that's like a first time, isn't it? No, it's no, they, well, they lost months. a Fiesta Bowl to uh, was it Oklahoma like maybe 15 years ago? UConn, it was yeah, it was a Randy Etzel team. They, they made the Fiesta Bowl, they, they like, oh, they yeah, won the big, oh, uh, way back. I remember that, and then he left yeah. for Maryland, <laughs> yeah, you great know, hire, so, huh? No, you know, you know who, who the uh, runner up for that job was, Mike Leach, really, yeah, 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 
great, great right, decision. Bye. Should we have yeah, a should we have so, a moment of silence for Mike Leach? I mean, it's halfway into this, and we just we just thought of it. I mean, he was Rufus and I got to spend time with him at the Sloan um, conference a while back, where he came to a dinner that I hosted, and he was he was a legend at that dinner, and he was he was a, he was an awesome guy to talk to. He was a great guy to talk to. Yeah, his views just on everything. So, like just what you, you talked about one thing, and all of a sudden it would go just completely off the rails on something else, and it was. It was always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we got something so, on Marshall and UConn. Yeah. Seg- yeah. Segwaying back to really important Marshall UConn conversation. I literally had it at the bottom of my sheet for some reason. It wasn't in order. Uh, all the other games are in order, but UConn Marshall's not there. So uh, I make it Marshall minus 20 just on the, that's just on the numbers. That's, you know, you can say, okay, motivation, et cetera, um, with the total of 44. Yeah. It, it does kind of feel like, UConn luck box these last couple of wins that, that they got. Um, I think they were actually outgained by UMass and just UMass completely collapsed in the red zone when they had some scoring chances. I can't believe I was actually watching that ball game, but I was. Um, yeah, I, I think Marshall makes more sense here. If, if I had to, like, obviously for bull pools, I'm going to have to pick every single one of these, right? So um, I, I would not be taking the 10 with, with UConn. I could see this going See the problem is I don't I don't love betting some of these bowl game unders. You know, I, I don't know. Like things they just looking at, at prior results, but my record on unders is not particularly good when I'm doing them. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe they just get squirrely, people don't care quite as much. Maybe they run more unpredictable stuff, new opponents. Like the trick that, plays. The yeah, fake punts, that's the trick too. plays that like yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, they so had a I'm, month I'm of not... practice, they had to do something, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, we'll move on to the Potato Bowl, which is San Jose State giving four to Eastern Michigan and a total of 54 and a half. So surprisingly, I don't lean towards the MAC team, which it feels like I always do in bowl games for some reason, but I make it minus six and a half with a total of 49.2. The one thing I'm going to watch here is there is a D tackle for San Jose State, who's a legit NFL draft pick type guy, and he seems to matter. Like when he's healthy, his name's Fahoko, they got him from Hawaii. Uh, when he's in, he, he matters quite a bit, uh, like screws up. If you watch the UNLV game, he kind of wrecked the Rebels. Um, so he's a potential opt-out that I'm, I'm watching for. Got it. Okay, we're going to move on to the Boca Raton Bowl, uh, which is Toledo favored by five over Liberty with a total of 54 and a half. Uh, I make Toledo a two-point favorite with a total of 56. If you had to pick one game not to bet pre-flop this entire bowl slate, I, I think it's this one. I really don't trust Jason Kendall. They did win the MAC championship finally, which they have the best resources in the MAC by far. They always get the best recruiting classes. They generally bungle it. They basically took two weeks off to get prepped for that MAC title game. They, they totally kind of tanked the last two games of the season. Um, but Liberty doesn't have Hugh Freeze anymore. Liberty basically started tanking as soon as it was obvious that you know Freeze was going to take the Auburn job. But losing to New Mexico, to New Mexico State when they did was uh, was a nice little gift in terms of live and second half type stuff. But oh, it, it wasn't uh, a gift for me. I was on Liberty there. I, I was watching them live. And I was like, uh, they don't give a shit. All right, this is like prove it to me here that they have actually prepped for this game at all. Uh, but pre-flop, no, I, I definitely was not taking the Mexico State pre-flop. Um, I just don't know how either of the teams are going to play. I, I don't know exactly who's going to play for them, uh, how motivated are 
Toledo finally won the MAC. I assume they'll be motivated to play, but uh, they have some transfers out. I don't know who's going to play for Liberty. Liberty's played three quarterbacks this year, so I don't really know who's going to be the guy. I I don't have a good feel for this at all. So this is one where, you, to your point, if you see Toledo come out, the right guys are playing and maybe jump out, that you might bet them live because you just think Liberty's been been done since Hugh Freeze was gone and you know, maybe Toledo's finally gotten over like that that mental hump of winning the Mac and was playing free or something. Yeah, I, exactly. This will be one that I'll, I will, assuming I'm home during that during that time, I'll, I'll be having it on and just I'll, I'll live bet it. Is that something that's the case generally for bowl games for you? Where if, you, if there's something you see early in the game, you're like, this is predictive. This is, you know, there's an opportunity to bet there. Yeah, especially like if you know, like maybe you have a lean on, hey, this this might be a bit of a, like a cluster situation in terms of opt-outs at one position, and then you see it, you're like, oh, this this can't play. A couple of years ago, uh, was it West Virginia, I think? Yeah, West Virginia, Syracuse, Mountaineers did a pretty good job of hiding that Greer was not going to play, and they announced out, and I knew I knew who the backup was. I said, oh, he's he's not a kid who's ready. Like I've seen that guy play a lot of seven on seven, you know, recently, like at the high school ranks. Like he's not ready to play. I guess a college defense, and he he just wasn't. So uh, watching for certain guys, and you may know who the backups are, but you may not know exactly how well they play, and then you get get to see a series or two. And you're like, okay, this is this is really going to be a problem. All right, we're going to move on to the New Orleans Bowl, which is Southern Alabama giving four and a half to Western Kentucky, and the total is fifty five. That line's come down. It was uh, Western Kentucky was plus eight at one point, and I think we took that. We did. We're plus seven and a half. But this is one where I make actually Western Kentucky the favorite, but this is a quarterback situation. Um, their quarterback who uh, had the second most passing yards in all of FBS. Uh, I needed him to have the first most for our Calcutta. Um, I think he's in the transfer portal, but assuming if he were playing in Western Kentucky was full strength, I'd make it minus 4.4 with a total of 57. So uh, he actually withdrew from the portal today. Um, ah, which is interesting because their head coach at Western was one of the finalists allegedly for the Purdue job that Illinois defense coordinator just got. So he's going to play in the ballgame. Like he's actually been practicing with, with, with the team. I, I took this early as well. I, I took some 275 on the money line. I, now maybe you give a half point home field to South Al because that is a pretty easy trip from Mobile down to New Orleans. Like I know they'll be excited to go to a bowl game for the first time in many years, but uh, I, I don't think Western's that bad, to be honest. I, I, I it's kind of a coin flip. I, they're a pretty good team, right? I mean, they they had a few close losses and they've blown out a bunch of teams. Yeah, they're really not that bad. Um, they they were a little better running the ball than I anticipated them to be this year, and the, and the quarterback was not as efficient as the kid who's on the Patriots now. Um, like he got there by volume, but not really wasn't the same level of passer, I guess. But Western Kentucky is a team last year. If I recall, I think they were a team that they they had a bunch of guys declare, and then they just all the dudes played in the bowl game, and I I, I lost against them on that because like, I had early positions against like oh yeah by the way we're, we're all playing like, oh all right this is uh this could be a problem. <laughs> all right, moving on to the Armed Forces Bowl, which is Baylor minus five and a half over Air Force with the total of fifty point five. Yeah, I make Baylor only minus three here, and I make the total much lower. I make it forty two point one. I, uh, I I could definitely see the under here. Um, I, I I make it forty one. So well, it's going to be um, cold. I mean, this is not a warm weather bowl. I have the temperature yeah. forecasted forty three degrees. 
And this is this is the outdoor one, right? This is not the one that's in AT and T. No, I, yeah, I, it looks like it's in Fort Worth. So, yeah, it's at Amon G, G Carter Stadium. That is TCU Stadium. So yep. that, that's that's not a dome. Okay. Um, Baylor at times this year has shown a ceiling to me that, that Air Force has not shown, and I I have a suspicion that a large part of the Mountain West was just bullshit this season. But I I don't know. Baylor's pretty inconsistent. They they've not really brought it all the time. I, I'm not in a rush to bet Air Force here, but I, I, I don't love Baylor's side either. I think this number is generally just kind of fine. All right, moving on to the Independence Bowl, which is in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is a, a, a town that I got chased off a riverboat casino by uh, armed gunmen, but that's a story for another time. Uh, Houston minus six and a half uh, over Louisiana Lafayette, who we now refer to as just Louisiana, and the total is 58 and a half. I still refer to them as Louisiana Lafayette, but uh, I make Houston a 10 and a half point favorite with the total of 60.7. I'm a little bit lower than that. Um, with Houston, I, they had a pretty disappointing season relative to expectations that they were seen as the favorite to win the American. They had a bunch of guys get hurt down the stretch. I don't think Tank Dale is going to play in the game. At least the last thing I saw, that's, that's one of their better players for Houston. ULL, uh, the one important note here is that Woolridge, the quarterback who started the season's backup, then they elevated him to starter. He's out for the season. So they're having to play the Fields kid. And I, I don't know. I I kind of think this, this number is okay. All right. We'll move on to the Gasparilla Bowl, which is Wake Forest, the one-point favorite over Missouri, and a total of 60 and a half. I'm pretty close to the market here. I have Wake minus 2.8 with the total of 61.4. Yeah, so uh, Wake did have one important opt-out here. Or excuse me, uh, Missouri had an important opt-out here. Dominic Lovett, who's one of the top receivers in the transfer portal, he was one of the leading receivers in the SEC. He's already uh, opted out in the portal. So I, I don't really trust Missouri's offense to score. Like They've only had about two good games this year in terms of moving the football. Wake... He, Kind of wonder if like a last year Rob or Sam Hartman, uh, potentially before he either goes pro or or transfers out. Um, I'm a little bit heavier on, on Wake here than, than Rufus is. Okay. Moving on to the Hawaii Bowl, which is in Honolulu. Uh, we have San Diego State, a six and a half point favorite over Middle Tennessee and a total of 49. San Jose or San Diego State, where uh, Brady Hoke's still the coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, those totals are so low in those games. Um, I make it minus 9.4 with a total of 46.4. I cannot figure out Middle Tennessee State. Uh, that, that, that has been my worst team on or against all year, and I just cannot seem to get them right in either direction. It, it's, um, which is kind of strange, right? Normally, you'll, you'll end up, you're, you're against a team a decent bit, and you, you run good or you run bad, but uh, occasionally help a team you're on and against and can't seem to get them right, so... Uh, I look if San Diego State comes to play, I think they're the side. The, the quarterback change they made about halfway through the season really elevated their offense. And if you look at their trends, like they're a much better offense than they were in the first half. Like the, the kid they have playing there now, Maiden, is not that bad. Uh, so I, I would tend to agree with Rufus here. Okay. Although, although maybe that's a bad omen. It's possible. Rufus, didn't you bet Middle Tennessee State at, se- at seven earlier? I don't think so. Mm, okay. 
Uh, oh no, Bowling oh, Green. Wait, minus I took a, th- we took we took a money line in Middle Tennessee State, though. Okay, I believe uh, that I can see if they all show up. I mean, obviously, Quick Lane Bowl uh, being played at Ford Field. We got Bowling Green minus three over New Mexico State with a total of forty-eight. Uh, so we make Bowling Green a six-point favorite with a total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, I, I, I think Bowling Green's the side here. Um, Bowling Green has a, by max standards, a pretty damn good front seven. And as far as I know, nobody from the front seven is opting out. New Mexico State cannot throw the football at all. So if you can stop their run game, you basically have have the game in your hands. Uh, that's, I think they were very happy to make a bowl. Like it, it's something I think Bowling Green will care about playing in. So I, I think Bowling Green is, is the right side. And, uh, you know, Detroit, that's Mac country, right? That's where they do the uh, Mac championship or used to historically, right? They should have at least like 7,000 people there, I guess, for, for this. this <laughs> we're going to take uh, the, we're going to go to the Camellia Bowl, Camellia Bowl in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. And Georgia Southern is a three and a half point favorite over Buffalo with a total of 67. Uh, Georgia Southern minus one, total of 65. I, I think this should be more in like the three range, to be honest. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that this is going to be a big, uh, big advantage home field for Georgia Southern, but I know they're very excited to make it back to a bowl under the first year of Clay Hilton. I think they'll be excited to be there. It's a team I think that will benefit from a couple weeks off for rest. They were pretty banged up down the stretch. Buffalo already has a number of guys that have hit the transfer portal, and uh, I mean that's. I'm, that's a pretty quick trip from Georgia Southern to, to Montgomery. Like that's not that's not that far of a drive. Buffalo, I can't imagine they're, they're going to be all that motivated to go down to Montgomery and play two days after Christmas. I mean, they're going to uh, they want to get to the warm weather. I, I'd want to get out of that's Buffalo fair. at that time of year. Yeah, I I, I would. Yeah, but they don't Buffalo necessarily want to go play football, right? They might just want to go <laughs> hang out. That's true. It might be cold too. Right, like move that, on to the that first. Strangely cold sometimes. Yeah, I actually do remember that. Uh, that first responder bowl, uh, which is at Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas, which is Memphis minus seven and a half over Utah State with a total of 62 and a half. Oh, this one that had the, at the bottom of the sheet, too, for some reason. Um, I make Memphis a 9.8 point favorite with a total of 59.6. Yeah, I, I, I tend to lean roots as well on this. Um, Utah State. I, I was a victim of the uh, the ridiculous backdoor that we had against. And granted, like they were down twenty one nothing against Boise starters, and oh, probably shouldn't have. That. Oh. that 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 was that was maybe the best break of the year for sure. Yeah, I I, uh, I also had that in the Golden Nugget contest, and I, if, if I had if that had hit, I would still been number one. But then again, oh, like man. I really didn't deserve it because if Boise keeps your starters in, you know that, that's not going to backdoor. Um, I, I do think Memphis can score quite a lot of points on, on Utah State, but I also Memphis's defense is not very good. So do you really trust them to win by multiple scores? Utah State does seem to play hard. They obviously keep throwing the football to the end. But if I had to bet it for like a bowl pool, I'm, I'm probably laying Memphis. All right, moving on to the Birmingham Bowl, Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham Bowl. God, I can't talk today. East Carolina, a nine-and-a-half point favorite over Coastal Carolina in the Battle of the uh, Carolinas that aren't actually states uh, with a total of 60-and-a-half. So we took Coastal Carolina here at plus nine and a half and some money line at plus 315. Uh, we make the number 4.2 with the total of 62. 
So I, I think that's the right side because McCall is playing. And that was the, the real key thing. Like, would he play? Would he not play? They, they got stopped out against Troy, but Troy also hit some explosive plays in that game. And just, you know, if they play that over again, I don't know if Troy necessarily wins by, you know, by 30 plus again. And McCall um, played, though, in that game. He wasn't going to play, and then he played. He didn't look great, though. Uh, so I, I wonder if a couple of other, like a couple of weeks off might help him. Um, Coastal has some other important opt-outs here, though, that we really need to figure out if they're going to play or not. Like they, they have one of the most desirable edge rushers in the portal in Josiah Stewart. They have two offensive linemen who are, are getting looked at by Power 5 teams. So anytime you have a G5 program that has a number of guys that are going to get P5 interest in the portal, like, those are your difference makers. It's pretty obvious that like just the, the market of, of the transfer portal is telling you these are the guys we want off this off this good roster from the group of five. Uh, so it's more than just McCall. Like I need to see if those guys are playing as well. How much do we care that Coach Chadwell's leaving? Now, I think he's pretty brilliant. But uh, Willie Korn is like their their OC. You, you guys remember him from Clemson like 10, 15 years ago, maybe? Um, he, he does a nice job for them. I I think they're still going to be motivated to play the, the ball game, even though Chadwell's gone. Um, but I need to see the opt-outs or are actually going to play. Okay, we'll move on to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, which is in Phoenix, Arizona. And we're going to two schools that actually are states in Wisconsin, minus three over Oklahoma State, plus three. And the total is 43. I believe the Oklahoma State quarterback's in the transfer portal. Um, And even despite that, I mean, we make Wisconsin a 7.3 point favorite with a total of 47.3. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree on that. Um, You know, Wisconsin for me seems like the right side. Oklahoma State really, they have one good game down the stretch, and it was still a loss in, in which they didn't cover, right? It was that Oklahoma game. They did move the ball, but it was with Spencer Sanders, and they just couldn't finish in the red zone uh, repeatedly after getting down like 28 nothing in the ballgame. So I, I think Wisconsin is the right side here. Oklahoma State has a lot of guys in the portal and a lot of guys that are injured now for the season. This is kind of feels like a dead roster walking. All right, we'll move on, on to the Military Bowl, which is Duke minus two and a half over Central Florida with a total of 63. So we actually like UCF here. We make them a seven-point favorite. Uh, this is one of those games where if we didn't use a prior, we'd have them much lower. So Duke is kind of overperformed, but the roster talent, um, according to our metrics, we make the total 63. This is one of the few games where I'm going to put more than a point of value on wanting to be there. Uh, I, I think it was really disappointing for UCF that they, they did not win the American. And they've had a number of guys hit the portal who are like actually like out taking visits right now. Midweek, midweek official visits, weekend official visits. I don't really know how much practice they're getting in or if, if UCF isn't even starting practice yet. But uh, a number of key defenders here are probably not going to be playing for the Knights. So Duke making a bowl is a huge accomplishment in, in that first year. And I just don't know how much does UCF actually care to be there. Can I ask a question? So some of these yeah. guys, they don't view a bowl game as an audition for the transfer portal at all. I think some do, but it, a lot of this stuff is back channeled during the season. So you have your seven on coach or high school coach or your trainer or you know your mom, dad, uncle, whomever. They're, they're figuring out like potential landing spots for you, you know, starting on like Halloween, right? So a lot of these dudes who hit the portal, they know who their primary options are unless somebody better comes in. And then they're just taking visits, figuring out, like, how much NIL money can I get as an inducement to come here, which you're not supposed to do, but everybody does it, kind of free market. And then, like, how much playing time am I going to get here? 
All right, let's move on to the Liberty Bowl, which is Arkansas uh, giving three to Kansas uh, with a total of 68 and a half. Jeff, I believe it's Kansas and Arkansas. Right. I was going to make that joke also, but it wasn't quite as bad as I usually make, so I didn't do it. So I make Arkansas a uh, my a 10-point favorite with the total of 65. Whew. Yeah, I'm, I must have missed something here because I'm with Rufus uh, as well. Uh, I, I just Arkansas has a bunch of important guys back for next year. Now, they do lose Drew Sanders, who declared for the NFL draft. He's one of the best pass rushers in the country, like a potential top 100 pick type dude. But still, I, Kansas's defense is, is not good. And I, I do think that in a bowl game, like Bryles is going to have a field day with those guys. Now, Arkansas's defense is not good as well, and this could easily shoot out. But the fact that the quarterback is playing for Arkansas, that, to me, that just seems to work. Okay, we'll move on to the Holiday Bowl, which is in San Diego, California, with Oregon giving 13 and a half to North Carolina and uh, the total 71 and a half. So I think that line's a little bit steep here. I, I make it only 10 uh, with the total of 69. I think there's significant turmoil in North Carolina right now. Uh, so they have a number of guys who have opted out. Both starting corners are, are now in the portal, Storm Duck and Grimes. They have, I think, three or four starting defensive linemen who are out for the year now as well, and the backups. I think there's some chance here, honestly, that North Carolina's defense is even worse than the metrics show because they've played some really kind of crappy offenses down the stretch, Georgia Tech, uh, and then NC State, or NC State with the backup quarterback. And then they got to play uh, Clemson, and Clemson with, with Clubman kind of went up and down the field on them pretty easily. Uh, I don't know if Josh Downs is going to play in this game. I don't know if, if Green, you know, the receiver, is going to play. So you might be down a lot of guys for North Carolina here. All right. We're going to go to the I, Texas I, I took pool. some – what did I get? Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I took some 12 and 12 and a half earlier on this. That felt low. Feels like it might keep going up unless people believe Rufus' numbers. Hey, but um, my, my numbers don't know about this turmoil and the offensive coordinator leaving for Wisconsin. You don't have a term, turmoil coefficient in your uh, model? <laughs> we need a turmoil meter. Uh, Texas Bowl, Texas, uh, sorry, Mississippi giving three and a half to Texas Tech with a total of 70. Uh, so we make Ole Miss an eight point favorite with the total of 68 and a half. I, I actually like Texas Tech here. Um, I, I think they're, they're going to be live to win the game. Uh, Ole Miss defense really to me is not very good uh, ultimately. And I think they'll probably have some opt-outs coming in this bowl game. Uh, I Like if I was going to bet Ole Miss, I'd probably wait, to be honest. I, I think the guys who are going to opt-out for Texas Tech have already done so. They're really good pass rusher, uh, the DN, who's already out. But uh, Texas Tech's team that had quarterback injury all year, now they get Morton back. That's the kid they want to play at quarterback. And I, I think they're going to be able to score quite a bit on Ole Miss. So Ole Miss kind of caught a lot of offenses this year at bad times. You know, they 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 got uh, they got Arkansas when you know, it was really kind of a kind of a weird ball game. Uh, but then they also got Auburn when Auburn was was a mess. They got they got uh, Texas A&M when, when A&M was a real mess. Like just the way it broke out, they got Georgia Tech before they fired the coach. Like before Georgia Tech got somewhere like they were not a bottom ten team anymore. Once once they they switched out coaches, it appears. I just think their schedule is kind of an anomaly. All right, move on to the Pinstripe Bowl, which is um, Minnesota giving seven and a half to Syracuse with a total of 42 and a half. I take it this is the Yankee Stadium one. It's, yeah, it's in the Bronx, yeah. Yankee Stadium. Yeah, there's always some interesting weather. 
potentially there at that time of year. So I make it Minnesota minus nine with a total of 45. And let's see, what weather am I incorporating for my total? Uh, actually none yet. So that's probably why my, I'm a little bit high. Yeah, I, I'm, at, uh, I'm at 38 for, for my total. So um, really, really love Minnesota's defense. And I think Syracuse just down the stretch, they finally got to the point where I thought they were going to get, which is just very thin on both lines of scrimmage. And when they got banged up a little bit, it really started to snowball on them. Just from preseason practice reports I had read, my notes said, hey, if they get an injury or two here, they're kind of screwed. They don't really have guys who can play in the ACC. Uh, Minnesota, very good defensively. I think they're going to run the football enough here to, uh, to to get the job done. All right, we're going to move it to move on to the Cheez-It Bowl in uh, Cheez-It Bowl and Camping World Stadium. There's so many sponsors of these things that it sounds like confusing. It's there, there's three State bowl games minus- here in Orlando, man. <laughs> Crazy. It is the most wonderful place in the world, isn't it? Uh, Florida State minus seven and a half over Oklahoma with a total of 66 and a half. Okay. I make Florida State a nine point favor with a total of 67. Yeah, I'm about a point higher here. Um, so FSU has no opt outs for this game at this minute, which is kind of crazy. They, they have not made a bowl game in a couple of years. They seem very motivated to, to play. Uh, and I think that's important. Oklahoma, on the other hand, both of their starting tackles are opting out. So that's been a trouble spot this year when they had guys go down. Those guys are both expected to be draft picks. Uh, that is probably going to be trouble, I would I would think. So I, I would lay it. Okay, move over to the Alamo Bowl, which is in San Antonio, Texas, as you would expect it to be. And we have Texas minus four over Washington, and the total is 68. We make Texas minus eight with the total of 62 and a half. I'm a little bit, a little bit lower on this. Uh, I'm, I'm at six, so it's not something I'm rushing to bet, but um, I do think Washington could throw on these guys quite a bit. Washington is a quality pass rush. Is Bijan opted out? I assume he is, right? You're asking uh, the wrong Bijan. people. I mean, if he is, that's, that's probably a big reason I'm higher than the market. I, 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 my, my numbers have him as out. I just, I, I don't know that he's officially out out. Like, I just, I can't imagine that the top running back in the draft is going to play in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. We have a note that says he likely won't play, but okay. So yeah, my, that's not, that's probably our difference. Like, I, yeah. I already have Bijan as out. I just, I don't want to say on the show that he's officially out if he hasn't announced, but like, no, in my guys, numbers, like for, for me, that's a note that I'll incorporate in, in terms of try, trying to understand my numbers, but it's not incorporated in the number. He's one of the very few backs that I would actually like make a, like a, a legitimate adjustment for on a spread. He just, he's that good, I think. Okay, we'll move on to the Mayo Bowl, uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Maryland is a two and a half pay, point favorite over NC State with a total of 47 and a half. Are they, are they dumping Mayo on the winning team again or winning coach? I think so. Yeah. Try That's to avoid disgusting. winning then. Yeah, I know it is. So uh, Dennis Leary, I believe, is in the transfer portal for NC State. Is that correct, bud? Uh, Devin, but yes. I mean, Devin, yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah. What did I say, Dennis? But, <laughs> but he, he, I, got, he, I got the D part, right? You did. He uh, Isn't Dennis Leary an actor? Yeah, yeah I think so. He's from Boston. He's Dennis uh, Leary. Come on. Anyways. Um, uh, so, so will he be playing then? Probably not. No, he has shoulder surgery in October, so he's definitely not playing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I make <laughs> NC State. A, it's just in our notes here. You watch uh, these games, Rufus? I don't watch all of them. I watch, you know, 
I watch when you give me second halves to bet on, but I have NC state is a, uh, a half a point favorite. So I basically make it a pick with the total of 46 and a half. Yeah. I, I, I make NC state one and a half. Um, Maryland has a lot of key opt-outs here. So you don't have banks. Who's their top corner. You don't have uh, Dupree. Who's their top tight end. Who's their NFL guy. McCullough, Copeland, Demas, three more receivers, and then Rakeem Jarrett. So I assume Talia is going to play. That's that's to his little brother. But I don't really know who he's going to throw the football to. And NC State has been finding a way to win games with terrible quarterback play for basically the last seven weeks. And that's because their defense is really good. They don't have any opt-outs on defense. So I also think NC State is going to be a team that's motivated to play this game because last year, if you recall, they were really pissed and like we're talking about shit. And even I remember being out of Elite 11 this year, which is the big quarterback camp. And like the NC State folks were, were still mad that UCLA canceled that bowl game uh, last year because it was their chance to win 10 games for the first time in program history. This game is also in Charlotte. So you have one team that doesn't have opt outs that's playing basically a de facto home game that didn't get to play a bowl last year versus a team that has a lot of opt outs. I, I think this is the game NC State probably wants more. I like it. I like that one. All right. How about the Sun Bowl, which a good segue, which is UCLA minus six and a half over Pittsburgh with a total of 58 and a half. Will, first of all, will UCLA not opt out again? And will, and Slovis is in the transfer portal again, right? So he's, he's just playing like, I mean, he's, he's ping ponging between schools. Do you know where he's going? I don't yet. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks waiting. Um, I think a couple of quarterbacks in the portal maybe don't have their degrees yet. So they, if you're like a fifth-year guy that hasn't graduated yet, a lot of these schools won't take you because at some base level, academics kind of have to matter a little bit, you know, and the whole, like, you got to have some credits to be able to transfer thing. So they might have to wait. I also think there's going to be a couple of quarterbacks who may jump in later, right? I, a lot of the college ball world was waiting on Drake May from North Carolina to see if you jump in. I think at this point that's unlikely, but like what happens to Michael Pratt at Tulane, right? They, they get to play USC. That's a pretty huge game for Tulane. It wouldn't shock me if he jumps in after, after their game. So are we assuming Slovis is not going to be playing? Yeah, I, I, I have Slovis now. Okay. So my numbers do not, but the numbers with Slovis would be Pitt minus a point and a half with the total of 61. I, I actually see a little bit of value on UCLA if this keeps dropping. Like I, I'd love to get a four here with, with UCLA. Um, I think Pitt kind of sneakily got that big win over Miami to end the year, but they lost a lot of guys in that game who I would be surprised they're back, like five or six starters. So I, I'm monitoring that one still. I haven't fired on it yet. But And I also don't like, like is, is DTR going to play for UCLA? Is, is Zach Charbonnet going to play? Is Jake Bobo? Right? There's a lot of incomplete information here that we're dealing with on this one. So I'm I'm waiting and just kind of refreshing Twitter. You're, I mean, that, that has moved down. I look in our notes. It looks like we bet we got it at plus seven and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think seven and a half is a good bet on Pitt. Okay. Unfortunately, we'll it's not there for our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. I bet 10 and a half is a good bet on Pitt also, but that's a real. I bet 13 and a half is even better. I right, we'll go to the Gator Bowl, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, and Notre Dame now down to a two and a half point favorite over everyone's late season darling South Carolina ruining plans for every team they can. Uh, Notre Dame's a two and a half point favorite and the total's 51 and a half. 
So I bet that at minus three and a half. So I feel dumb. I, I make Notre Dame a 10.8 point favorite and the total 52. I, I think Notre Dame has some pretty critical opt-outs here uh, that need to be factored into the line. Michael Mayer, who is probably the best tight end in the country, either him or Bowers, the kid at Georgia, they threw him a ton of balls. Like, like he was a, I don't know how many caught, probably 60 or 70 this year. Major part of their offense, like their receivers don't seem to scare people. And they also have a couple other opt-outs on defense. Additionally, Drew Pine is in the transfer portal. He's their quarterback. He was their number two because Tyler Buckner was their number one. Now, Buckner's back at practice. I'm not really sure that I buy that he's playing. If he's not, that means they got to go to a number three. And that'll be interesting. But here's the other angle on this. We don't know. Like, I assume Rattler's going to play in this game. But there's been some late smoke that South Carolina is interested in Devin Leary, which tells me maybe Rattler is going to make an interesting decision and go pro. If he does, like, does he play in the game? I, I did take some four here with, with the Gamecocks, just on, on the Meyer news and, and, and the Pine news. But I, I, I'm not betting two and a half. All right, move on to the Arizona Bowl, where Ohio is a one-point favorite over Wyoming, and the total is 43. Yeah, I, I like the Mac team here. I make the I make it them a six point favorite with a total of forty eight and a half. Um, I I know you said you don't make you know, specific number adjustments for quarterbacks, but how much are you factoring in if you can kind of try to quantify it, the, the work injury for Ohio? So that that number does not right. That number is independent of players. That's how the you know based on the team the team rating. Um, but you know the question is right. Like, is it worth five points? Um, I don't know the yeah. answer to that. We laid off for that reason. He's probably the best quarterback in the G5. Yeah, we did We did not like, play the game. Yeah, I, I mean, he, his brother is a really good CFL player, apparently. Uh, like, he's he's a dude, had he not torn his knee, would, would probably be, like, the top transfer portal quarterback out there if he had gone in. So I I think the number's right, given that, those circumstances. But Wyoming has a bunch of guys out, too, like, that are kind of sneakily either quit or been kicked off. They lost a bunch of running backs. They lost another defensive end. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if, if Ohio cares about this game more than Wyoming does. All right, move over to the Orange Bowl at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida, where Clemson is a six and a half point favorite over Tennessee, total of 63. Uh, I mean, like the obvious thing here is should Klubnik have been playing all season? Um, how, how do we How do we think about that? But I'm just interested in like, your thoughts on that because they they could very well be playing for a national championship if he had played if they if they pulled that trigger a little bit earlier yeah i mean i i think it's a really interesting question um additionally i think you have to have questions about clemson's offensive staff right i think they only had one year of outside of clemson power five experience from a coaching standpoint basically Dabo has just promoted everybody from within but that offense when it has gone elsewhere has not done very well usf Virginia this year. I know a lot of the NFL draft guys criticized that offense for what it kind of taught Deshaun and Trevor uh, who came out of it. So I, I do kind of wonder about the quality of coaching there. And look, Klubnik played really well against North Carolina, but he also did not play very well against Syracuse and didn't play all that well when they put him in against the Irish. So I don't know if I fault them necessarily for playing the wrong guy the entire time, um, but he does look like the team responds to him just single game sample set here, but they respond to him apparently a little better than they do DJ. And Tennessee has a bunch of guys out for this game. You know, Tillman's not going to play their stud receiver. Obviously, Hooker's out. I, I think this comes down to how much do you believe in, in, in Joe Milton, the quarterback? 
And to me, he's a guy who's never been accurate, even on wide open guys. I've seen him. He's from Orlando where I've lived. I've seen him just miss guys wide open all the time. Seven on Harbaugh thought he could fix him. Couldn't Tennessee thought he was the right guy to start. If you remember last year, like he started the first two games and they're like, Oh, ooh, wait a second. This is not, it's not working. So if he hits the wide open guys, I think there's value on Tennessee, but his track record says he's probably mm, question. So what, what do you, what do you make the downgrade from head and hooker to him? I think it's like a five. Okay. Cause so for me, I'd make the number if you had hooker playing Tennessee minus five and a half. So I'd base, so based on that, I'd say pick, but again, yeah, I'm I, using Clemson numbers with DJ basically, cause that's what we've had all season. Right. And I think you got to bump up Clemson some just because of how they looked with, with Clemson. But like, I don't, you're not going to bump them a touchdown or like that. I, I wouldn't think. Um, I, the value it, it to just, me in this is maybe seven with Tennessee, but I, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to lay the seven with Clemson now or earlier in, in two weeks ago, it was probably value on, on Clemson. All right. Moving on to New Year's Eve. Now I'm getting excited because I feel like it's we're ready to start partying because it's New Year's Eve. The Music City Bowl with Ken- Iowa minus two and a half over Kentucky and the total of 31. 31. That is a, is that is a really low God, total. Miserable. And, 31. and yeah. my number is 30. I don't know if I've ever made a total that low. Uh, yeah, my for, for a non-army bowl. Mine's 28. And I just like I, I can't fire on the under there. Oh, I can't either. No. Are these um, the I'm trying to think like if San Diego State like was playing in Iowa, would that be lower? Like, could we get could we get two teams where we'd have a lower total? Is it possible? Um, I'm gonna look and find out. How about if Army and Navy played nope, again? If it was, if it was Iowa, be? San Diego State, I'd make it 29.6. So I found one with I found a matchup with lower total, basically. Nice. So I, I make Kentucky a half a point favorite. So basically, pick the total of 30. So. I think Kentucky has more opt-outs than Iowa. Both teams are going to miss their quarterbacks. I think the key here, though, is that um, Iowa's quarterback missing is not a big deal. Kentucky missing their quarterback, Will Levis, even if we don't think he's like a great college player, he's still a pretty good one. You know, and the the, the downgrade, we've already seen this downgrade once this year. We, we saw it against South Carolina. That, that was the the week where we're like, we thought all, all the whispers, he's probably out. A lot of South Carolina money lines, South Carolina plus seven and a half type stuff all, all throughout the week. The backup really couldn't play. So I think if I had to bet this for bowl pool, like purposes, I'm going to lay the, the one or two with, with Iowa just because I trust them to do. They're already good at playing bad offense and still winning games. Kentucky relies on the quarterback a lot to, to make stuff happen for them. All right. We're oh, and I, move think, on I think to... Chris Rodriguez, by the way, who's one of the like most efficient backs out there. If you look at like some of his EPA numbers, he's also out for, for the Wildcats. Got it. So lean towards Iowa there. Uh, Sugar Bowl and see the Caesars Superdome. I didn't know it got renamed the Caesars Superdome. What happened to Mercedes? Is Mercedes gone? Uh, Alabama, uh, three-point favorite over Kansas State with a, a total of 54 and a half. Is there still a little Caesars Bowl? No, I, I think no. That, that's what happened to Quick Lane Bowl, the Detroit the, uh, the Little Caesars that Bowl, if that was played at the, the Caesars Superdome, that would be pretty cool. But I, cool. so, so this is one where, and Bud, like, I mean, I'm expecting we're going to see a lot of Alabama opt-outs because, and, and, and obviously the, there's the narrative that they don't want to be there. There's no motivation after, you know, expecting to play for a national title. Um, but if we, you know, full strength Alabama, 
I'd make the number 13 and a half in the total 53. I, I would agree with you on that at full strength. Um, but so it's there, how much do we got, how much do we dot yeah. them? All right. That's so Bri like Bryce Young is largely this game, right? I mean, I I think the number says Bryce Young's not playing. The running back Gibbs, who's going to be probably a top 100 type pick, because like that's a kid that'll run really well at the combine, you know. Uh, sort that away for draft props if you guys do like fastest 40 type thing maybe there's a long shot what, what will he play right will jordan battle the, the their stud safety play i kind of doubt that will will anderson play the best pass rusher in college football again probably doubt that we know jv and cohen already hit the transfer portal he's a starting guard for them i just think he's you know maybe he'll get some more nil money elsewhere uh because the bama has a, a stud freshman in tyler booker they like a lot who may be taking his spot you know next year and there's maybe three or four more guys who could decide not to play. So you're looking at seven starters potentially down for Bama, including maybe the best offensive and defensive player in the SEC. So I, that's definitely why this number is, is what it is. Plus the motivational aspect, right? Uh, Jeff's muted. Jeff, you're muted. Jeff, you're still muted. You want to read his lips? Sorry, that was amazing. What would you make? What would you make this line if everyone was playing? Oh, like Bama fourteen. Yeah, so it's I love quite I a love bit of adjustment people, already. So, so I tweeted out that Bama would be a fourteen and a half point favorite over TCU on a neutral field. Um, this was after before the selection committee made their decision and after TCU game, and I got a lot of people saying, "Oh." Look, this is proof that Alabama's not that good. They're only a three-point favorite against Kansas State. I'm like, eh, I don't think that's how it works. I, I will push back on that a little bit because I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily, but what would you make of it out prior? Um, Alabama and TCU, I can yeah. tell you. I would make it Alabama minus eight. See, I, I don't think Bama has played to a 14 this year. No, they haven't, but they still have the talent to right. – that's, that's yeah. the thing. and. And and honestly, that's the thing in bowl games too. Talent matters a lot. And especially with these oh, long sure. layoffs, these teams that have sort of overachieved their talent, like TCU, um, you know, they're gonna drop off a little bit more than the teams with a lot of talent. Totally agree. At least, we're gonna least, skip at least that's what's the, happened historically. We're gonna skip the semis and move and do those at the end. Um, we're gonna go to the ReliaQuest bowl on January second, which is Illinois minus two and a half over Mississippi State. And a total of 46 and a half. Yeah. So um, I guess Mississippi State, their top receivers in the portal, but I would make them 6.9 minus 6.9, which seems way off market. And the total uh, 46. I I made this pick. Um, Illinois doesn't have any opt outs that I know of right now. Mississippi State has a couple of key opt outs slash guys in the portal. Slash Obviously, we. we Slash Mike Leach, yeah, right. You know, yeah, passed away. About and, that. Yeah, and, you know, Mike. Mike was also their play caller. Uh, so I, I don't I, even know if they're playing this game. Actually, right. Right. Yeah, like that. That's a good point. It, it's Illinois does play really good defense. Um, there is a case to be made. I think that maybe the Illini have not played good quarterbacks at all. If you look at this, just like the opposing passing offenses they've played are, are pretty, pretty sketch. Uh, to be honest, so I, I could see a case to be made just based on you know, styles that have been played so far that Mississippi State's the right side here. Uh, but like my numbers, I think it's fairly close. 
My, my numbers think it's a pick just based on this season alone. So it's more just the talent in Mississippi State versus Illinois. That, I will say uh, the the rah uh, rah kid who's in the portal. Uh, Georgia did not take a single transfer last year, and Georgia already hosted him on a visit. So that's a receiver like that would to me would seem to matter quite a bit. Like Kirby Smart does not take very many transfers, so if he's bringing you in on a visit, that to me suggests that that's a, a big loss. All right, we'll move on to the Cotton Bowl, where USC is a two and a half point favorite over Tulane and a total of sixty one and a half. So my hate, not hate, but my anti-USC stance and my numbers is pretty well documented, yet um, I, I make USC a five and a half point favorite. And I think that the reason is that we're, we're probably not going to see Caleb Williams, um, I believe, right? He's got a hamstring injury, but he says he'll play, but it, it feels like there's opt-outs, uh, opt-out situation going in here in, in terms of this number, because otherwise I would not be, I, I, I'm not going to be fading USC and then all of a sudden be on them. Um, so I mean, yeah, five and a half total of 67. Yeah. I, I think this market clearly says Caleb's not going to play. Yeah. Right. I mean, like there's no, and, and if you think about it, Riley kind of gave him cover a little bit by saying it was a serious hamstring injury. So I know Caleb's putting out there that he wants to play and maybe he will. I mean, he does shoot a month and he's, he's coming back to school. He's not draft eligible yet. So maybe he does play, but like, is, is Jordan Addison going to play? Uh, they also lost a couple of important guys on defense in that ball game. Uh, that one of their offensive linemen, Voorhees, didn't even play for them against Utah, and then they lost their center, Brett Needland, and he was air-casted and then carted off. So typically, like, when I see that, I just kind of mentally pencil in, like, that that's a month at least, right? You don't, you don't put the air-cast on typically and then bounce back and play a couple weeks later. So um, I do think that Tulane's pass defense is really damn good. So there's some chance that they can slow down USC here, uh, but I – I think this number is correct if Caleb doesn't play. All right, we'll move on to the Citrus Bowl. Go ahead, Rufus. No, no, I have nothing to add. Uh, Move on to the Citrus Bowl, where LSU is an 11-point favorite over Purdue with a total of 58.5. So I make LSU 12.5 with a total of 58.5. I I made LSU 10 uh, and and, and bet some early, but... Uh, LSU continues to have some more guys opt out or hit the portal or, or declare for the draft. Purdue also does. Purdue also lost their coach. So if you guys care about interim coach situation, this is one of them. Uh, Purdue has an important offensive lineman in the portal that I know a number of schools seem to like. I, I think Brawl, from a coaching standpoint, is, is a fairly important uh, loss. Like he's a very good coach, I, I think, and gets his teams to play over their talent oftentimes. But in LSU, you got to think they're going to want to finish the season strong under the, you know, the first year of their new coach. And they, there is a team that has a lot of talent on it, to, to Rufus's point of, oh, yeah, by the way, these guys are also super talented and the backups don't suck. To me, this is kind of one of those games. All right. And then finally, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, um, with Utah, a two and a half point favorite over Penn State and a total of 52. So I make Utah only a one point favorite here, a uh, total of 53. Yeah, I, I made this Penn State one. Um, I, I've been very impressed with the recruiting that James Franklin's done in the previous year. So while they do have some opt-outs, uh, they also kept some key guys. Their, their left tackle at Penn State is a, is a really, really good player. And they got him to come back. Uh, I, I don't hate the back quarterback, Drew Aller, if they mix him in more for the Nittany Lions. Uh, I know Parker Washington, I think he's opted out. But uh, shoot, the tight end for, for Utah, um, he announced he's not going to play. 
that's a really important loss for them. Like they, he had 16 catches against USC in the first game. That's somebody they use all the time. And then Clark Phillips, who's a SoCal kid, one of the best corners in the Pac-12, he's also opted out. I, I just feel like Utah is losing more of their important guys and does not have as good quality depth as Penn State does. But I, I make this Penn it's, State it's, one. It's kind of a sad statement when SoCal kids are opting out of the Rose Bowl. But I know, right? They did play in it last year, though, I guess. Okay, moving on to the two semifinals, the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia. Your Georgia Bulldogs are favored by six and a half, or my Georgia Bulldogs over Ohio State, and the total is 62 and a half. So should we, first off, should we be giving Georgia home field advantage here? Half, maybe? Because it's it's not their home stadium. It's not their home stadium, so it's more just on the travel. I mean, they play there a lot. The so. they, yes, but you're right. It'll be their, their third game there this year because they played Oregon okay. Open the year as well. So they should get at least three quarters home field advantage, I'd say. Sure. So, okay, I'll put that in. Um, I, I make them a four and a half point favorite with the total of 60. Yeah, I, I was at I was at five here uh, and I'm, I'm lower on my total than that. So um uh, that result against Michigan was a little bit anomalous to me just in watching how it played out. Like at no point did the first 35 minutes. Yeah. I was like, wait, this is a pretty good game back and forth. A little bit of sloppiness on both sides, offensively, both teams playing decent defense, Michigan. You could tell me that like part of that explosive play stuff is baked in because that's how Ohio state wants to play defense. And I, there's probably something to that, but Rufus, I don't know if you can query this. I I tried to have our guys at CBS do it, and we we couldn't find it. Is it the highest yardage total on five plays for any one team this year? Almost has to be. It's like 350 yards. I could query it, but probably not right this second. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a hell of a trivia question. Like, like if you think that's not an anomaly, I don't know. How many yards? I think it was like like 340 or 350 on on their highest five five plays. plays. Something insane. Yeah, I was like, guys, that's not – because they average 2.9 on their on their other 54 plays. Right. And that's and the thing is, that's you know, if those plays had been at the opposing at the opposing team's 40 yard line, it's only gonna be a 40 yard play. So right. That's the whole there's a decrease in predictive power um of the marginal yard after a certain point, just because you have the end zone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this this Ohio State being in the semifinals against Georgia really is a, is a doozy for Georgia then because this line is is that's going to be the closest line that they have against any of these other uh, two teams, assumedly, right? Well, would yeah, you would I mean, you have would you do you have Ohio State or Michigan ranked higher, bud? I have Ohio State by one. Yeah, I'm pulling up my number. Um, I have Ohio State by three, so. So definitely this is to me, this is the, you know, you know, I think the national championship should be Georgia, Michigan, if you want most deserving, but I think this is the national championship in terms of the best two teams. Yeah, I I would, I would tend to agree. I, I do kind of wonder if Michigan doesn't play possum at times in some of these games, like the way they played against Penn state and the way they break it out in some of these games. Huh? I wonder if they just screw around a time and work on other, other stuff in practice because their schedule was so easy. You know, um, like having covered a team 10 years ago, like that, that Florida State team, um, they definitely held some stuff back. The, the, the Jameis team that scored like 800 points, you know, in the years. Like they just, 
they would run their same stuff every game until a certain game they needed it, they would break it out. But Michigan kind of has that feel to me. I wouldn't be surprised if they're maybe a little bit better than their number is, especially if McCarthy plays well, because like for large stretches of the season, he's not. And then all of a sudden he seems to be making accurate downfield throws, or at least just not, not making YOLO ball stuff. So I have a slight reservation on that, I guess. Can I say that I like, I mean, just hearing him talk about his process and like visualizing things and he seems very, he's, I mean, it sounds very Buddhist, honestly, the way he thinks about things, very process oriented. And it, it feels like that, I mean, that's got to be a big benefit mentally. He's strong mentally for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think Michigan's extremely well coached, by the way. Like they, they seem that they don't beat themselves very much. They, they seem to really know what they're doing. Well, let's move into that game, which is Michigan minus seven and a half with a total of 58 and a half uh, over TCU. And it's the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. Well, while I may be low on Michigan compared to Ohio State, I am not low on Michigan compared to TCU. I make that number uh, Michigan minus 12.3. If I did it without priors, I'd still make it Michigan minus 8.7. And I make the total uh, 59.8. So I'm a little bit lower on, on, on that, but not, not in the range where I would bet TCU. Um, I will say TCU has played some good offensive lines this year. And has given them problems, despite the fact I don't think TCU is really great up front. But Joe Gillespie, their D coordinator, is I think he's really damn good, honestly. Like to me, that was an inspired hire by Sonny Dykes because he went out and he got the guy he hated facing in the American Conference because Gillespie was at Tulsa. And Tulsa would always kind of have these sneakily good defenses there under him. Um, like the way that they were able to create their linebackers coming free, like in the Texas game, for instance, right? That was good. But I do kind of wonder. How much of that advantage is negated if you have a month to prep for it, right? Like there are some things TCU does schematically that I think you can rep in practice and, and maybe it won't give you quite as much problems. I do think Michigan's offensive line is really well coached, but this will come down, I think it'll come down to McCarthy, right? If we, if we get Illinois game McCarthy, TCU could beat these guys. If we get, you know, pick another game where he really wasn't all that good. But if we get Penn State game or Ohio State game McCarthy, then it's Michigan could run away with it. Can I ask a question, bud? Yeah. Philosophically, I mean, I'm curious what you think the layoff does, like just in terms, well, how much coaching matters after a long layoff like this? So my theory has always been that coaching matters more the quicker turnaround you have. Uh, essentially, it's like if you took the SAT and you had three, you know, you had all day to take it, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to separate uh, students a lot less than in a shorter, you know, than, take, than taking as you do with the shorter um, period of time. And so to me, it's why Bill Belichick has always kind of struggled in Super Bowls because part of his advantage is being able to prepare quicker than other other coaches. And so I, I'm curious if you kind of agree with that and if you think that's applicable here to some of these bowl games. That, that's interesting with Belichick because I, I was thinking in college with, with some of the diversity of offenses that you face or just the the weird sort of these like junk ball defenses, if you will. I wonder if having more time to prep for them uh, matters. You know, you go back to Georgia Tech in bowl games. Oftentimes, they were really uh, you know, kind of stymied because people could get ready for that triple option with, with extra rest. I, I know if teams face a triple option type team or, or a team that runs a really funky scheme, they will oftentimes lobby their conference to get their bye week before that. So they can have a little extra time to prep it just to get ready for it. I, I kind of wonder if talent doesn't matter more on the quick turnaround because that's the one thing that's going to remain you know, the same. But the ability to like distill the game plan, figure out the opponent weaknesses, and actually install that game plan quickly in a way that your players can understand 
I think that certainly matters quite a bit, obviously. Um, you know, you think about it like Saban, though, has not typically struggled in these, you know, postseason stuff. He's sort of the, the Belichick equivalent, with the exception that he has a huge talent advantage. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As a salary cap he has to deal with. That's a great question. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bud, for joining us. That's all the games we have. Um, we can maybe have you pick uh, some high school bowl games, but um, I, don't, I don't think we have lines on them. So thanks for joining no, uh, us. Uh, FHSAA won't, won't let you go if you don't cover uh, if you more cover recruiting and not high school, they, they won't credential you. So can't get a credential to the uh, I can go to the national championship, not the state championship here in Florida. It's kind of crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy the bull season and good luck on all your bats. All right, guys. Be well. So that was uh, Bud Elliott and a minute or more on every single bowl game. Um, just to remind you again, the contest to play Pick'em against Rufus and I is at superfan.games and try to go there and sign up today, tomorrow, soon um, before the bowl game start, um, which is early Friday morning. Um, so Rufus, we didn't talk about tilted moment. Do you have a tilted moment from, from the past week? Um, My tilted moment is like a good moment. Like our second half model uh, machinery has been broken so I've been kind of frustrated because I've been dealing with trying to get it back going because it's a lot of like screen scraping JSON code and all this stuff um, that needs to get fixed. And um, it didn't get fixed. And so I was lucky enough to be texting with you and you gave me some second halves. And I don't think you lost a single one that you gave me. So how many did I send you? Good. <laughs> uh, seven or eight total. That's, that's pretty good. You You happen to just get all the good ones, I guess. My tilted moment, I guess, is the fact that I didn't get down as much on the, I didn't get down a super amount on those. Actually, maybe the, no, the tilted moment's probably the end of the Vikings game where the Vikings had scored a touchdown to pull within eight. And we had a lot of teasers riding on the the Vikings plus eight and a half leg. They onside kick it, Detroit recovers. They, Detroit has the ball at the Minnesota 47 yard line or so. On third down, they get a run for a first down, but Minnesota still has, a timeout left. So they're one play away from being able to kneel it. And Detroit basically runs it down. And with 20 seconds to go uh, up eight points, they kick a 48 yard field goal. Uh, and so my teaser loses there, which kind of negated a lot of the uh, second half earnings. So that's the my second half magic that you're having second half magic. It was all like underdog sides too, which is kind of odd this week. Yeah. Well, whatever it was, just keep doing but it. it we didn't well. So I we didn't run the second half last night though because of dinner. Oh, you can run it on your own. Yeah, but um, we decided that we didn't decided that we didn't think there'd be anything. It would be hard because Colt McCoy was in there instead yeah. of so. And then I just rogue the Gen bet the Patriots minus three, so I won that. Uh, okay, so do we want to give picks for this week? We're not going to do uh, our vet the process segment, sadly, because um, we spent so much time on the Bulls, but we'll we'll have that back next week. So we'll take nominations for vet the process. Um, so far, we've covered Simmons and Ravel. Simmons has like sadly gone back to actually betting more straight bets, and he's been doing quite well. So good for him, but it Wait, makes sad, less. We're it makes good. Less we're, content. Making, we're making a difference. Although what's in interesting is so he he doesn't. What's funny is he says, like, I'm not going to do teasers or parlays. And then he'll do these adjusted line plays, not realizing that they're just kind of like a, a, a another form of a teaser. Um, so even he, he like can't help himself from just like he 
he does all right in straight bets. And then he just can't help himself from betting these like strange negative EV derivatives. And what's interesting is he bet like a five or six game teaser last week. Um, not as million dollar picks, but he said he did it on his own. And when Sal came on, Sal said something like, you know, all those games covered also. So if you'd parlayed them, you basically gave up like you gave up like 18 to one. It was very like insightful <laughs> by Sal, um, who I feel like is becoming much more educated as a better. So it, it was actually a pretty funny segment that was like almost like unintentionally funny where I don't think Simmons actually realized how how funny it was. So anyways, uh, you want to move on to our picks of the week? Let's do our picks. What's Jeff yours going to gonna be, Rufus? Jeff had to sit through me getting all these lines inputted so I could know what my pick would be. I'm going to take the the Seattle uh, Supersonics. Now this, uh, now I'm going to take the Seahawks minus or plus three and a half hosting San Francisco. This is one where I think the like I San Francisco is clearly a better team. Brock Purdy has one start under his belt. He looked good, but and he's on my fantasy team for the playoffs. So I hope he stays good. But at the same time, I think that we're jumping to conclusions that he's, you know, not that much of a downgrade pretty quickly. Um, and so I'm going to be kind of inclined to say, let's kind of pump the brakes in that a little bit. And he's, he still has, he still has things to prove. I would say he definitely still has things to prove or this, this being his uh, second start, second start, but the mark, I mean, I'm going to take three and a half point road favorite for San Francisco against a Seattle team. That's been struggling lately, but they're still, an average to slightly above average team. Well, San Francisco is like the darling right now. And especially after last week, it's they're, you know, I have futures on San Francisco, so I'm, I'm happy about these recent, um, you know, I mean, again, like all the data would tell you that having a rookie quarterback as your quarterback who was drafted last, last, the, I mean, literally last, literally um, last, yeah, wouldn't be a good thing. But I'm just kind of done with Jimmy G as the quarterback, and I kind of feel like I know what that ceiling looks like. So I'd rather just see, even if this floor is much lower, I'd rather see what's the potential ceiling of this team with Purdy. Wait, you, there. you think the ceiling's higher with Purdy than Jimmy G? I don't know. I don't know. It might be, but I know what I know what Jimmy G's ceiling is. Sadly, you know, taking a I, team to a Super Bowl, what's that? And almost winning it—that's a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. It is. Okay, what's your pick? What's your pick? I'm I'm gonna take um the Giants plus the four and a half against the commies. Um I just think this commies thing has gone a little bit we've gone a little far on this. And I mean these these are two pretty even teams, I would guess. So I don't know how this line's more than a field goal. And so, you know, you know, I would say it should be under a field goal. I don't know. I like the Giants. I, I say it should be three and a half, so you know. Not the worst. Slightly. Slightly. Yeah. So slight. All right, everyone. Uh, that's our podcast. And again, if you guys want to sign up and play against us, go to superfan.games. Um, and uh, you can win. Rufus wanted to make a joke about winning a signed Jeff Ma carbone check, which um, but we, we split dinner last week. We, we so did we split dinner. it. So there'll be three signed signed uh any, yeah. And you don't actually sign it anymore. Dinner costs because that's not relatable any either. Um Anywho, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you all, guys, all again next week. Watching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are but the engines running off a of leaded. 